Amen. God bless you all for joining and being a part of us uh, here tonight, part of the uh, Bible study that we are having here every Wednesday night right here on Facebook. Um, just want to let you know, you can actually reach um, this live stream and this uh, every Wednesday night teaching um, on the Redemption Place Church of God Facebook page. And you can also see it on the Pastor Strom Facebook page. Um, so just in case um, you weren't on the one, uh, certainly go to the other. And, and again, you can view and be a part of the live teaching that we have every Wednesday night at 6.30 um, on Facebook. Again, welcome. I'm so glad that you are with me tonight and are here for uh, the teaching that we are doing. It is a joy and a great blessing to be able to come to you in this manner um, so that everyone can be a part uh, who wants to be a part and uh, certainly this teaching is uh, going out uh, live and is also going to be remaining uh, here and let me also just say for those of you who were maybe um, wanting to go back and view some some previous uh, live streams um, not only are they on Facebook but you can also go to our church YouTube page, which is found at Redemption Place COG on YouTube. So when you go to YouTube, you search Redemption Place COG or Redemption Place Church of God, and you will be able to find us on YouTube, and all of the uh, videos are posted there, not live, but they are posted uh, relatively soon after the live stream has concluded. So again, God bless you. I thank you all for being with us here tonight. Uh, I, I am going to be doing a teaching tonight on fasting. And in fact, uh, we are going to be beginning tonight in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter number 1. And uh, we are going to be doing a, a teaching on fasting tonight because I am calling the church to 10 days of fasting. 10 days of fasting. In fact, I'm going to ask the church to include with your time of fasting um, prayer and specifically prayer for Pentecost. Uh, here at Redemption Place of Allegan, we are actually having a, a tremendous uh, service on Pentecost and I would like to invite, uh, invite anybody uh, in the West Michigan area or even anywhere around Michigan or really anywhere in the United States if you want to make the drive uh, but we're having a, a tremendous a tremendous uh, Pentecost service uh, right here that is going to be on uh, the 23rd of this month so May 23rd is Pentecost Sunday, and we are having our Pentecost service. Uh, we do have a guest speaker coming, uh, and I am so excited 
for that. I am believing that we are going to see um, this Pentecost Sunday a move of the Spirit and that we are going to see um, the outpouring of the Spirit. And we're going to see people's hearts become changed and transformed by the Spirit. I believe we're going to see uh, many people um, really just come to that closer knowledge and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. We need a revival in these last days. We need a move of the Spirit in these last days. And I'm excited and I believe that this Pentecost is going to be uh, the starting point for a revival that we are going to experience. And I want to look at Acts chapter 1 because... In Acts chapter 1, we see something very important. In Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. I'll just begin right there at the very beginning. Verse number 1 of Acts chapter 1. And if you will, let me read to you. It says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up. That refers to the resurrection. And after that, he, again, this is the author, is writing a treatise, a letter, to a man named Theophilus. Uh, and he is describing um, the events that took place now after the resurrection. And he says, after the resurrection, he, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus he's talking about, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. So in other words, Jesus showed himself to his apostles, his disciples, after the resurrection and after the crucifixion. So after crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus revealed himself to them for uh, 40 days. Look what it says. It says, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus, after he died on the cross, after he rose from the grave and ascended, I'm sorry, not ascended, but he rose from the grave, resurrection. He returned and he was seen of his disciples for 40 days. And he taught them many things and he preached to them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he continued his teaching and preaching after his crucifixion and resurrection. And he did that for 40 days. Now look at verse number 4. It says, And being assembled together with them. So in other words, Jesus is now assembled together with the apostles. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which, said he, you have heard of me. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not 
many days hence. That word hence means from now, not many days left. There's not a whole lot of time left, but when that time comes, you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's not long now. It's not many days from now. It's coming soon. You are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, so until that time, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to stay in Jerusalem until that promise from heaven comes. Are you with me? I look at verse number six. So when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, which the Father has put into his own power, but you should receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you should be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, I want to skip all the way down to verse number 12. And then returned they to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. Now, remember, Jesus had just told them, not many days from now, you're going to receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and you are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to be many days from now. This was happening 40 days after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And so now, that 40th day, it says they returned to Jerusalem. So they were now obeying what Jesus had commanded. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until this happens. They now will be going back to Jerusalem in order to stay there until they receive the promise of the Spirit. And in verse 13, it says what they did when they got to Jerusalem. And this here is so very important. Because what they did when they got to Jerusalem is what prepared them for the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said was going to come not many days from now. Are you with me? What they did when they got to Jerusalem is, in verse 13, when they were come, they went into an upper room, where they abode Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, the brother of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. All of these came together and they went into an upper room. Some theologians believe this upper room was, was maybe even the same upper room where they had the Passover dinner which again would have been about 40-some uh, uh, days prior to this, 
they would have been in that upper room about 45 days prior. And they went to that upper room and they began to pray. It says they all contend with one accord in prayer and supplication. They all began to pray. Now, I want to take a brief moment here, and if I can, I want to skip to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. Because I want to show you something very important that had to take place, and it had to take place at the exact right moment. See, all of this that God was doing was, was already pre-prophesied. This was already foreordained. And so everything that was being done had to be done in the exact right time. With God, nothing is ever done just out of coincidence. Or out of pure happenstance. God does not operate out of chaos. God does not move out of confusion and hopes that somehow in the midst of confusion he can, he can somehow make something good out of it. No, God always operates out of order. He orders everything. That's why the psalmist was able to declare that the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Why? Because when you are righteous, you are living in right relationship with God. God who does everything in order, God who operates out of order, He's going to order your steps in order to cause everything that happens in your life to not be out of chaos or confusion or doubt but will be out of what God has already planned, destined, and ordained for your life. So everything had a time, everything had a season. Everything had to happen right in its proper season and time. Now, I don't have the time tonight to go uh, into the prophetic nature of of the cross and when Jesus crucified and when, when he was crucified on the cross and, and he died for our sins. We know that around that time was, was the season of Passover. And I don't have time to go into how that was prophetic with the lamb, Jesus being the lamb of God and the lamb who was slain and, and the lamb that was slain at Passover and how Jesus actually fulfilled the prophecy of the Passover lamb. We also know that, that the resurrection of Jesus, which took place exactly three days later, and it had to be exactly three days later. There's so many reasons why. Again, I don't have time tonight. Uh, but, but it had to be three days later in order to fulfill the prophecy of the Feast of Firstfruits in order to declare himself the first fruit of the resurrection, which gives you and I hope of the resurrection, that you and I also will be resurrected. As Paul rightfully preached about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says that, he says that don't be afraid of, of, of when you die, 
and the dead in Christ. Because guess what happens? When the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise again. And then even you and I who yet remain, even you and I will be risen up to meet the Lord. Why? Because He is the first fruit of our resurrection. But Jesus had to be risen again from the dead on that third day in order to fulfill the Feast of Prophecy, which took place, which that event took place exactly on the Feast of First Fruits. But I want to show you something here in Leviticus 23. So in Leviticus 23, you have the Passover. It talks about the Passover in verse number 4 through 8. And it talks about how you should have the Lord's Passover and, and how you should have the, the uh, in the Passover, uh, you need to have the lamb and you need to make the sacrifice and, and you have to eat the unleavened bread. Then it goes into the Feast of First Fruits, which again, the Feast of First Fruits was symbolic of the Lord's resurrection. And that's in verse 9 all the way through verse number 14. But then in verse number 15, it says this, And you shall count unto you from the morning after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths to be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number fifty days. Fifty. Five zero. Fifty. And you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. You shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenths deals. They shall be a fine flour baked with leaven, for they are the first fruits of the Lord. So I want you to catch this. You have the Passover, you have the, the, first, the Feast of First Fruits. Jesus, uh, the Lord, says here in verse 16 that from the end of the Feast of First Fruits, you're going to count 50 days. And in 50 days, you're not going to have another feast. Now, we in the church, we call this feast the Feast of Pentecost or the Day of Pentecost. The reason why is because in the Greek, Pentecost literally means 50 days. 5-0. Penta 50, Costa days. So 50 days. Which fulfills Leviticus 23. So we are now getting near or close to the Feast of Pentecost. How do we know this? Because again, remember in Acts chapter 1, it says that Jesus was with the disciples for 40 days after His resurrection. His resurrection took place at the Feast of Firstfruits. And now Jesus was with them for 40 days. He ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection, which was 40 days, 40 days. So if we do the math, we now only have 10 days left until we get to the Feast of Pentecost. We have 10 days remaining. So the disciples in Acts chapter 1, 
they left the Mount called Olivet, which is where Jesus ascended into heaven from, on the 40th day. He says, you should receive the promise of the Father not many days from now. So it's not going to be that long. Not many days hence. And we know that the Feast of Pentecost is now only 10 days away. Can you imagine the anticipation that his disciples must have been in? So now they go into the upper room and in Acts chapter 1 it says they began to pray, they began to, to, to supplicate, they began to seek God. But I believe they began to do even more than that. And I want to show you why. In Leviticus 23, we see that it says that when you come out 50 days, you're going to bring a new meat offering and you're going to bring a, a, a leaven baked loaf as the first fruits of the, lamb, of, of, of the Lord and you're going to bring seven lambs and two rams and you're going to make an offering unto the Lord. Now I don't know about you, but that's a lot of meat right there. That's a lot of food. Seven lambs, two rams, loaves of bread, and a meat offering. That's a lot of food. So in other words, on Pentecost, it's okay to have a great big potluck. On Pentecost, it's okay to have a great big celebration feast. That's what the Lord was saying. But here's the reason why. Because just shortly before Pentecost, we find that the Jews also take time to fast to the Lord. In fact, even to this very day, the Jews who celebrate Pentecost in the Jewish faith, they still take 10 days before Pentecost to spend time in scripture reading, Torah reading, and fasting. Now, let me show you something else that's, that's very unique and very, very prophetic. Something else happened on the day of Pentecost that goes all the way back to the time of Moses. Because at Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, is when the Jews celebrate the Lord giving the Ten Commandments to, to Moses on the Mount Sinai. So the Feast of Pentecost is very prophetic with the Lord giving His people something. He gave to the Israelites at Mount Sinai the Law, the Ten Commandments. He gave them the Law, the Ten Commandments. And in Acts chapter 2, we're going to find out on Pentecost, Sunday on Pentecost, that the Lord gave His Holy Spirit as He prophesied that you should receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So, the Lord gives of Himself on Pentecost. I hope somebody catches that right now because Pentecost is coming. We are also not many days hence from Pentecost. 
We are not many days hence from Pentecost. And so even to this day, the Jews, 10 days before Pentecost, they would take 10 days before to read the whole entire Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. They would read Genesis through Deuteronomy in 10 days. And they would study and fast and pray. Ten days before Pentecost. And then they will celebrate with a great big feast. Because the Lord gave them the law. The Lord gave them something. I want to tell you saints. God wants to give of himself to you and to your family and to the churches this Pentecost Sunday. I'm believing that the Lord wants to give a greater revelation of his power. The Lord wants to give greater manifestation of his glory. The Lord this Pentecost is ready to give of himself to his people who will seek him diligently, who will call out his name and who will turn to him in a mighty way just before this Pentecost Sunday. So, I'm calling the church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. I'm calling the church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. Now, if we're looking at the 10 days, Pentecost Sunday happens to fall on our calendar as Sunday the 23rd. So starting tomorrow, the 13th, we will begin 10 days of prayer and fasting. Starting tomorrow, I'm calling the church. If you are part of Redemption Place of Halligan, I'm calling you. I want to encourage you. Take 10 days to pray and fast and seek the Lord. Because I believe that this Pentecost, we are going to see a fresh reviver and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have time tonight to go through a whole lot more about fasting, but here's what I'm going to do. If you will pray and fast with me these next 10 days as we lead up to Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to ask you to join me right here again on Facebook, Facebook Live. I'm going to be here uh, every night at 7 o'clock. Starting tomorrow, 7 o'clock. And we're just going to take 20, 30 minutes to look at some scripture and to pray. And hopefully to encourage you in your fasting. To not let you give up, but to keep going. Because I believe in 10 days of prayer and fasting, when we get to Pentecost Sunday, we are going to see the glory of God like never before. We're going to see the fire of God just like how the fire of God wrote into the mountain cliffs of Mount Sinai, His law. Just as the fire of God fell as cloven tongues that sat upon the heads of His disciples in the upper room in, in the book of Acts. I believe we're going to see the fire of God. And I am so looking forward to it. 
I am so anticipating what God is going to do. So while we may not have an upper room that we can all come together in to pray and seek the Lord together, I believe if we would do what the disciples did in Acts chapter 1, and for the next 10 days, because remember Jesus told them, He said, do not leave the upper room, do not leave Jerusalem until that happens. So while we may not have the upper room, we may not be in Jerusalem yet, where you are, in your homes, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car, we're going to come together every for the next 10 nights, 7 p.m. And we're just going to take time to pray together, read scripture together, encourage one another in our fasting. And in 10 days, we're going to see a revival. A revival. Well, I want to pray right now as we close. And I want to ask you again to join with me in this challenge, this fasting challenge. And let's see what God's going to do Pentecost Sunday. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come to you to seek your face. To separate ourselves from the worldly desires and worldly passions. And just to spend time with you. Now Lord I pray. That for all those who would take a hold of this challenge. And will commit to 10 days. Lord I ask right now that you would give them the strength. Lord that you would give them the comfort and the encouragement that they need. To make this commitment. And Lord, we are believing in you for miracles, signs, wonders, fresh outpouring. We are believing in you for greater things. Lord, come now. Do now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope to see you. For all of you who join me in this challenge, I hope to see you tomorrow night. God bless.